1: relax, this is ToeFop. I'm Charlie Clawson.
0: I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. It's been a while, Charlie. I know for the listeners it hasn't been a while, but for you and I, it has been a while. We haven't spoken in a, like a week-to-week basis. We banked a whole bunch of episodes. We we hoped we were going to bank enough to get through your entire international trip. We did not. In typical ToeFop style, we did not get enough done. So we're, we're trying one. This is our proper – we haven't done a proper international episode for a very long time, and you're about as far away from me as you could possibly be right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, if uh, people want to uh, uh, join up our Patreon and watch the full video, they'll notice a stark uh, lighting difference <laughs> in between our two uh, recording spots. You are in broad daylight; it's uh, morning uh, in Sydney, Australia. I am uh, just gone past ten PM in London. Uh, Halloween, when we're recording this, will I just um, came back. Uh, from a night on the town to do this recording. (laughs) Not really. I was just catching up with a friend to watch a bit of football. And then um, it's Halloween, and so the streets are filled with people in fancy dress. And uh, as I was waiting at the bus stop in Shoreditch to get back to my accommodation, I felt someone standing behind me, and I thought it was someone waiting to read the timetable or something. And so I stepped aside and turned around, and there was a dude in a realistic Michael Myers costume like boiler suit (laughs) Michael Myers mask butcher's knife blood all over his hands he was about 6'2 just sort of looming over me staring Mm. at me and so I turned around and did a double take and laughed and then uh, he just continued to stare at me like he was committed to the character in (laughs) Michael Myers Myers fashion and I'm like oh fuck and in this situation like I know some people tend to but they either laugh it off and they'll wander away or whatever but I always feel challenged. Like I need to kind of go, oh, so you think you can psychologically, oh, watch this. And so I went into a, a complete ad lib. I was like, Mike, how you doing, man? It's been a while since I said you. You're looking good. You're looking good. How's it going? How many kills are you up to tonight? And he just sort of continued to stare. I was like, have you seen Freddie? about, have you seen Jason? How are those guys going? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And then out of the corner of my eye, I could see it was a dude with a camera filming me from the corner. So this is obviously some YouTube prank show or Or something like that. And I could see that the cameraman being like, like disappointed that they didn't get the (laughs) me screaming or whatever. And I was doing some awesome theater sports stuff. That's right. And then Mike. You're yes ending like nobody's business. (laughs) I'm yes ending to a character who doesn't speak. It's really, really difficult (laughs) to yes end. But it got to the point where the guy wandered off and he did the, he was still committed. He was still in character. He did the slow kind of Michael Myers walk. And I'm yelling after him, hey, Have a good night, man. Like, hope you get some good kills and stuff. And he just defeatedly just raised a hand. All right. Okay. Well done. Happy murdering. Yeah. (laughs) It was very intimidating.
0: There's a chance that in the actual Halloween films, like in the world of Halloween, like people generally, when they see Mike Myers tend to like run away from him, is there a chance that somebody could try to improv their way out of the situation? (laughs)
1: Well, I've often wondered about that. Like in any horror film where someone is cornered by the bad guy, I'm like, okay, in that situation, I would I would talk nonstop. Like I would do anything. Like I'm physically, I'm not capable of defeating anyone, especially not like, you know, a guy of that size. So I probably would be doing that. I would be like, Trying to befriend him, asking him questions <laughs> like just distraction, distraction, distraction. Just trying to buy myself time. Yeah, you'd
0: be like, Mike. Uh, look, I know you've been out on the streets a lot tonight, and it is bin night. What's your attitude on whether you can put things in bins when they're on the street?
1: <laughs> and he just like put just drags the knife across. Oh, I agree. Like you shouldn't put stuff in other people's bins, right? And then, then they take the bins. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty, it is, it, it is interesting being in a town where, like, I know Halloween sort of taken off in Australia, but it, it's still sort of, it's, it's not as big as it is in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's kind of, it's kind of cool, like, seeing all these, like, adults dressed up like idiots and running around. Like, it, well, every everywhere I went tonight, I'd say, like, 70% of the crowd was was in fancy dress. It was, like, the world's biggest fancy dress party. So you didn't dress up, though? No, 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 no. I was just meeting my friend to watch a bit of football and then coming back home to do this. I, and also I'm, I've, I've been travelling for like a month. I, I didn't have room in my case for a costume. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but surely you could have like picked something up locally. You know, you can well, think globally but pick something up locally.
1: We, yeah, we are doing trick-or-treating on Monday because that's when mm-hmm. Halloween actually is. So we're taking oh, okay. Iona. She's really looking forward to it. So, yes, I will probably get a costume in the next couple of days but – because uh, I adult. saw you'd
0: been doing some pumpkin carving on your – Yes. I mean, this is all yeah. going to be great topical material for when people hear this episode <laughs> this three weeks after time.
1: Halloween. <laughs> but- <laughs> I know, and I'd perfectly sort of timed a faux-fop to drop on the week of Halloween with um, Ben McClay. It's like, oh, this would be perfect. And it's like, oh, God damn it! I've got this Halloween stuff I want to talk about. This is going to be so uh, out of date by the time we talk about it. But, yes, um, Iona is – way into Halloween. I mean, you know, she's way into dress-ups. But um, she wanted to watch a spooky movie tonight. And it's interesting. Tell me what you – she's three, right? She just turned three Mm -hmm. about a month ago. And so I was sort of racking my brain about like what – you know, she's watched some Pixar films, Toy Story, Moana. She loves um, Frozen. So that's the kind of level she's at in terms of – there's some scenes in Frozen which scare her, like there's a wolf attack and all that kind of stuff. There's a Yeti or something like that. But I was thinking – Ironically, it's not
0: the wolf attacking or the yeti that's going to get her. It's the earth being frozen (laughs) that's probably – by the effects of climate change that is probably going to do her in. Show her don't don't look up. That's the horror film. (laughs) Sit her down and you go, you
1: watch this. Well, it is – like every – I've been to four different countries on this trip so far and every country – it's been bizarre weather. Like New Zealand had like, you know, snow for the, the, the longest snow season they've had in 70 years. You know, London, it's sweltering. It's 20, It was 22 degrees today when normally people are rugged up in beanies and stuff. Scotland, good old Scotland, was still miserable and cold. Like that, nothing, <laughs> some things never change. You know, Portugal was wetter than it's ever been. I've been seeing the news back home. It's like flooding. It looks like the entire east coast of Australia is flooding. So it's like things are fucked <laughs> things are really fucked um
0: so yeah for a 3 year old you're thinking what
1: what is the nightmare? Like an be- i thought a nightmare yeah. before christmas would be i thought that was a good go to because i'm like well it's too spooky though well that's what gemma was saying and yeah. i was like i don't think it is too spooky it's that kind of like tim burtony kind of goofy spooky i mean as an like- adult
0: you watch it and you think it's goofy but as a child wouldn't that I mean, I well, imagine that so- if I'd seen that at age three, like Jack
1: Skellington would have been the stuff of my nightmares. Right. So, you don't think the stop motion, though, gives you no, a. No, that
0: makes it worse because everything's right. kind of it's like your toys. <laughs> toys
1: <laughs> like- have come to life. It's like you're in a K hole.
0: Like, everything's <laughs> just like slightly. <laughs> like-
1: I mean, imagine if she turned to me and said that, Dad, this is like being in a K hole. Like, what? What? <laughs> Uh, the kindergarten <laughs> hole. Oh yes, of course, the <laughs> kindergarten <laughs> hole. Ah, uh, yeah. So we 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 didn't we uh we showed her a couple of, there's a couple of Pixar films. There's one called Coco, which is mm. kind oh, of yeah. like a Mexican theme Day of the Dead about a kid who goes to visit his like ancestors and, and so it's all yeah. kind of um day of the dead theme. So mm. his ancestors are all skeletons. Um but she didn't like that and her Concise opinion was: skeletons shouldn't move. So I think maybe that's how we dodge the kind of uh, Jack Skellington bullet. She doesn't. She doesn't mind skulls and skeletons, but they shouldn't move. When they move, she's like, nah, that that that's weird."
0: That's a smart kid, though. Like in a general yeah. sense, that is good life advice. It's fine to see a skull or a skeleton. You don't need to be afraid <laughs> ske- of either of skeleton. those things. Skelet- skeleton.
1: <laughs> but
0: as soon as they move, that is a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, I don't know what I had to leave. I don't know what they settled on. I think Inside Out was getting a spin. It's not really spooky, but I figure mm-hmm. like, you know, it's all about mental health. <laughs> it can be a frightening <laughs> subject, especially for kids.
0: I mean, it is that sort of thing of like, I, I. I mean, how much does a three-year-old want to be genuinely scared? Because I guess what you're worrying about at this point is, for the, the one night where they think they want to be scared, are you going to put an image in their head that is going to haunt them in their sleep for the next two years, right?
1: Yeah. Well, at the, uh, toddlers, it doesn't even have to be a movie. Like Toddlers can see a picture in a book, a painting, whatever, and that becomes the thing. Like there's certain books that Iona, um, the, her, her, her uncle sent her this book. You can get these personalized kids' books where they – insert the name of your kid into the book so it becomes a story about them. And I can't remember because Iona won't let me finish it. She gets too scared every time we've tried to read it. But it's something about like the girl who lost her name or something like that. And there's like wizard and wizards and witches and all that kind of stuff. And she doesn't like that book. But that creeps her out. There's something about like losing her identity that she doesn't like. So I guess there are a few what else she doesn't like the she doesn't like wolf snakes for a while were a big thing. When we moved to the Northern Rivers, there's a lot of snake talk around the house. We had to start using code words. We had to cut, suck along them scarves because she became convinced that there was like a, a scarf living under her bed. I don't know why I'm using the code word with you. You know what I'm talking about, right, Will? we <laughs> scarves.
0: But you know what I love about that is, isn't that like being an adult? Like, you know, when you're in your 20s, it was all like euphemisms for drugs, or good yeah. times, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get some chicken tonight, Wink? Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just like, hey, can you go and grab the scarf from yeah. under the house? Now, here's is the problem, I, I just think the scarf might be the wrong word because you are a person who is known to wear a scarf, like you would have a footy scarf but you've got some actual mm-hmm. fashion scarves as well. So what mm. you've done is come up with a code word, where you actually still have that same thing in your house. The code word should be something separate to the thing that you have in your house or there's going to be likely confusion where you're like, go and get Dad's footy scarf and she's like, Dad's got a bloody snake, killed a snake somewhere in this well, house.
1: Yeah. Do you want to watch a film? Do you want to watch Scarves on a Plane? <laughs> That's right. yeah, I love some projects. Jackson. <laughs> uh, that would only be an issue if she made the link though. Like yeah. She doesn't know. She, she hasn't made the link yet. But like um, for example,
0: like if she thinks the scarf is a harmless thing and then you're like I think there's a scarf under the house, she might be like I'll go under the house and get that scarf because a scarf is a yeah. harmless thing.
1: Well we've actually I think we've we've progressed past that now. Like she seems to have lost her fear of snakes because I think what were we watching? There was there, I think there's a friendly snake in one of those kids films. Bad guys or something like that. I mean, that's all it takes. It takes like a Disney or a Pixar or you know uh, DreamWorks to animate and get some famous celebrity to voice a a, a venomous creature, and then the kids like she's not scared of spiders at all. She digs spiders, and um, it's funny. We she's been seeing a lot of ghost decorations everywhere, and I'm like avoiding. Having that discussion because I don't want to explain what a ghost is, because you know afterlife, death, all that kind of stuff. Like it's all a bit too a bit too heavy.
0: And so, what then does she? Do you have a code for that, or does she just not ask yet? She just sees it and doesn't sort of like ask, "What is that?"
1: She doesn't. Uh, she doesn't ask any further questions. Like I think the cartoony iteration of ghosts they kind of look a bit like jellyfish anyway. So I'm assuming she just thinks they're. They're jellyfish. Giant white jellyfish appearing Jelly everywhere, fish. which is
0: actually my nightmare. It's <laughs> yeah. terrifying.
1: In Australia especially. don't want a jellyfish anywhere near you. Um, Will, I had a dream about you last night. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's so weird. Are you ready to get on the psychoanalyst's catch? Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, I should get on the psychoanalyst's catch. You can analyze this. So in my dream, and it was so weird because – Like I can see it so clearly in snippets. I can't remember the exact narrative of it, but I heard that there was this like kaiju rampaging through town, like a giant monster. And I went to my window and it was you, like it was a King Kong-sized Will Anderson, like stomping around through town. And my first thought wasn't, oh, my God, or this river. It was like, oh, fuck it. How are we going to do the podcast now this is going to be really difficult like I don't know like what kind of volume you're going to talk at what do we need a special microphone and I remember sort of like coming over to you getting to a high building and standing on your level and sort of being like I don't know man like is this going to work like do you want to take some time off the show like maybe I'll get some filling guests or something like that while while I adjust to being a kaiju or were you
0: suggesting that I was going to recover from being a kaiju
1: well, I guess it was just sort of let's take some time out to work out how best move forward with this new gigantism that you are that you are suffering from. But you were the size of a skyscraper; you were enormous. But it was funny because my memory of the dream—I love was you that you
0: think that, like, if I'm the, the size of the skyscraper, that even like thinking about doing the podcast is on my agenda. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing though, because you weren't rampaging around town, climbing the Empire State Building. You were just kind of shuffling about. Like, yeah, because my if just like They hurt yeah. even more now <laughs> that I'm massive. Yeah, gravity weighs down even more when you're like <laughs> the size of a building. But you were just sort of like shuffling about and bumping into things. And it's like, oh, fuck, like, okay. Like you weren't being a, a fearsome monster. Just the, the rumors were that like, oh, there's this kind of monster in town. It's like, oh, that's no monster. That's just a giant will. Okay. So, and
0: was I in London? Or do you know, can, do you have any no, sense was, of like, where generic, this was?
1: it was generic. if it was a, it was if it was a rock movie, they've shot it in Toronto and they've tried to make it look like or Vancouver, and they've made it look like a generic city. It was here in international thing. city, right? Yeah, that's right. yeah. okay. so and was I destroying things, do you think? like were there? <laughs> yeah, there was, but I think it was clumsy property damage. It wasn't like you weren't rampaging like Godzilla or King Kong. You were just sort of like I said, just sort of shuffling about awkwardly bumping into things.
0: I mean the, your initial read would be that you you fear that one day I'll get too big for this podcast but history has shown that that's not that would, the case. that's
1: the yeah, right that's just that, the that's absolute the obvious,
0: obvious like reading of metaphor. it just on the surface right yeah. but I don't think that's it right because that's just something that wouldn't be a fear
1: um that grind to see the mm. emotional thing, the emotional feeling of it wasn't like it was more about like it was more a a frustration. It was like, ah, oh, this is going to make things difficult. Mm.
0: Okay, <laughs> like well, it-, it might be as simple as the fact that we were recording this this morning. You're on a borrowed microphone. You're in a completely different country. Like the size of me might just be the distance between the two of us, yes. and how yeah, hard yeah. it is. Like, you know, you were worried about would this be able to coordinate? Would we be able to get the right internet connection? Would we be able to get the microphones to work? Could we – the the technical difficulties of going on with the podcast were manifest in me being big and and you were worried about how This how we could, could do it.
1: be a big problem. I guess yeah. that's what it is. That's what my subconscious was telling me. You're, yeah. you're facing a big problem because I think initially I got the times wrong because I've been trying to line up the times. And I just found out tonight with my mate that I was watching the football with that uh, they, uh, they're going to at Savings tonight. So it doesn't affect you guys. But even the time that I thought I was going to be recording tomorrow, I have to wind it back by an hour. So like, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it was just the concern about how – because I think the last time we tried to do this arrangement, me in London, you in Australia, it was a – do you remember? It was like – it was one where I was using hotel Wi-Fi and it kept dropping out and – we couldn't hear each other and we just were guessing what the other person when they were finishing the sentence and all that kind of stuff.
0: I can understand that too because I've had terrible experiences with Wi-Fi in London. When I mean, it's been years since I've been in London, but also occasionally I've tried to do podcasts with people who are in the UK and for whatever reason had a nightmare trying to achieve that. So you know, maybe we have had conversations around how difficult that would be. And that was in your mind as well.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. I did think about that. I was like, well, if I'm traveling more is and we, you know, still going to be doing the show, like how, how would that work? It would always have to be like two specific set times. It's either early in the morning or late at night for one of us. And it, now that, I, I'm just now. You got me worried about the Wi-Fi because I'm watching you pixelate as I speak.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, really? Because you're coming yes. in
1: strong and everything's okay. perfect. Right.
0: I am here on the proudly brilliant Australian MBN, which is working yeah. its ass off this morning.
1: Well, I am. I, I didn't. I realized I, I didn't have any headphones, and I dug into my rucksack and found these like complimentary airplane headphones. So you are. It's the worst quality sound you've ever ever sounded like. It doesn't even, sound, it barely sounds like you. It sounds like you on a piece of string connected to a tin can. Well, you know what the thing is. You still seem to be anyway. This is great chat for people. People love
0: <laughs> <laughs> like chat with their, only we can hear. We're specifically talking about a problem we're having, and hopefully, the fact that we're speaking into microphones into this program means
1: that nobody at home is having these same issues. Well, tell me, Well, let's get on to mm. some uh, uh, favourite topics of TOEFOP. Um, has the hierarchy of power in the DC universe changed? Have you seen Black Adam?
0: I haven't seen it. I, I have seen mixed reports around How it, but I would Rock say from a box, office, a box office point of view, the hierarchy in the DC universe has changed. I think so. Like I mean it seems to be it's going to be one of the most successful DC movies of all time I think. Like based is on Is that right? Yeah.
1: The numbers so far have been really strong. So Is that is that worldwide? Cuz I know it opened. I listened to the Weekly Planet episode. They talked about it and James's take was that like the budget's 200 million it made 67 on its first weekend and that's kind of middling. That's not. That's not Dark Knight numbers or anything like that. Uh I just have enjoyed over the last few weeks because I've been in so many different countries, seeing all the different iterations of The Rock. Like he is plugging the shit out of this film. I think Duels actually posted a link of him. Uh, it was like a, a cricket match between like India and Pakistan or something, and The Rock pop, pops up and like and like go Pakistan and don't forget to go see Black Adams. Like this film must suck.
0: No, I think it's the opposite. I think The Rock just sells everything like that. That's the appeal of The Rock. That's how you get I The Rock. Those? And I, think,
1: I feel like I, this is extra Rock.
0: Yeah, because this is like his opportunity to have his absolute own franchise, right? Like, I mean, he's got the Fast and the Furious movies and he's got all those other movies he's made, but this is like his opportunity to have like, he is my absolute franchise. And you can tell- for me, like normally in these sort of movies, if there's like a big surprise at the end, they they tease it but they don't tell you. Mm. And like yeah. he's just been going around going, "Superman's in it at the end. Come and see it for that. <laughs> Superman <laughs> yeah. is in it at the end."
1: <laughs> I know it's weird. I just feel like I, I kind of want to see it because all the reviews that I've read have been pretty like middling to bad, like middling to bad. And I'm like, I'm but I am curious to kind of see just like how rocky it like how much the rock rocks in this because that's one of the discussions out on the weekly planet which is this idea that the rock has his team around him and they've basically worked out this is the formula of the rock you know he always does this in movies he never loses a fight you know he's like he presents himself like this he's the safest actor in the world making the safest options and the safest movies in the world and I'm like so what does that look like what is the most risk adverse like mainstream film look like it's got me kind of curious.
0: Because well, the way Yeah. What I do hear, what I will say is that like because the whole idea is that Black Adam is a bit of an anti-hero, right? Oh and really? Like-
1: I hadn't noticed. So he's not a hero? I didn't I didn't notice that in anything that Rock's been saying.
0: But but this is the thing. From what I hear about the movie, they they kind of like he says a lot I am I'm not a hero. Like in fact like I think the expression I'm not a hero or he's not a hero is about 70% of the dialogue in the entire movie is people pointing out he's not a hero. And then in the actual movie the actions of Black Adam are pretty much that of a hero. Yeah. Which feels yeah. to me like exactly what you're talking about, which is we will sell you this idea of him being an anti-hero, but we won't actually have him do anything in the movie. That really makes you like turn against the rock, if that makes sense.
1: Well, as someone pointed out, like if he was in the Marvel universe, it makes sense because the Marvel heroes don't kill. But DC have established that Superman, Batman, they're all quite happy with killing. So an absolute heavyweight
0: <laughs> murderers.
1: <laughs> exactly. So having a character who doesn't mind killing people. It's like, well, yeah, we've got two of those already. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Wonder Woman blew up the with their bracelets, killed like fifty people.
0: Only difference is he says it out loud. All the others yeah. are like, I don't. Heroes don't kill people.
1: And then, like, oh, by the way, I've killed a lot of people. <laughs> but in the trailers, like, it cracks me up. I, 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 I'm looking forward to the dialogue because the trailer seems to be it's just the 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 rock contradicting or being contrary to whatever the statement is. So it's like. Um, you need to be a hero. I'm not a hero. Uh, you need to surrender. I never surrender. <laughs> it's like okay. So is that is that going to be the the tone of the film? Is someone makes a statement and 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 Black Adam is just contrary to that? Yeah, I mean that would be great. Like you're my dad. I'm not your dad. Just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just a real contrarian. He's, yeah. he's the Rowan Dean <laughs> or Steve yeah. Price the of course the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> Heroes don't kill people. Yes, they do. They kill lots of people.
1: <laughs> um, so how have the floods been? It looks fucking crazy from over here. I, I, I've had people checking our house, which is thankfully uh, okay. But what's it been like?
0: So I mean in the northern rivers it's been scary just because everybody there is so triggered by obviously the previous floods and there was a couple of days where it looked like that was all going to happen again and and look mm. you know there's still a possibility that La Niña if you want to talk about someone who who is an anti-hero a true anti-hero <laughs> who doesn't mind killing people then you've got to look at a little lady called La Niña because yeah she I think the hierarchy in the meteorology universe <laughs> has been upended by a little lady called La Nina. Um, so they say up until Christmas where she mm. might fuck off, then um, like there's still a real risk. But in Australia, the worst floods have actually been further down in Victoria. The, the Victorian yeah. floods have been, you know, they have been like the Northern Rivers floods were earlier in the year. So it's been terrible for people in Victoria.
1: Yeah, I saw that. But at least Flemington racetrack was preserved. That was some of the most stunning imagery I've ever seen. Gotta build a wall
0: and you gotta get the horses to pay for it. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you know, this is the thing, right? Like everywhere you go, yeah. it's just like extreme.
1: The weather is extreme. Yeah. And everyone everyone that I've been talking to in London, it's funny. Like it's everyone's wrapped. But then as soon as they say, how good's the weather? Then mm. there is also like a, a split second where you go like, but that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah and we great, all know what bad. that means, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like how nice is it? It's so warm. Yeah. But it's October. It yeah. shouldn't be warm. So that's bad. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the end of the world.
0: <laughs> but I yeah. guess enjoy this 23 degree day today.
1: Yeah, man. It's really, it, it, it it's, it's, it's unnerving. Like I, I don't think I've been over here this time of the year. Like I'm, literally sitting here in shorts and a t-shirt i'm in london in shorts and a t-shirt in late october like this is insane and oh man like it's i, I know this is like we we saw this coming but now I, I now that it's here it's like fuck that was quick like that was quick and it's uh, and it's only going to get worse like yeah, these are the good
0: times these are the yeah. good times like we were all like oh you know we've got to get our act together by 2030 and you're like yeah but you know how it's like 2022 and it's already fucked up, how much more fucked up do you think it's going to get by 2030 and how much more fucked up do you think it's going to get by 2050 if we –
1: Can we do the speed principle? Like, you know, in speed where, like, you know, uh, uh, they're on the train and the train's, like, got no brakes and Jack Traven's like, you know what, we don't try and stop the train, we try and go faster. We speed it up. Speed it up. So do we just – more carbon, that's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) But we can't reverse it, we can't stop it. Let's put more carbon and see if we can bust through the other side like the train at the end of speed.
0: I mean, are you? This is the principle of like a dad who catches his kid smoking and makes him smoke yeah. the whole packet. Are you
1: suggesting? <laughs> We're going to make that the planet smoke.
0: Go absolutely 100%. Because if all these bad things are going to happen, let's fast forward to them all happening now and see what
1: happens. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. This is, rip the band aid off. Let's just mm. see. Let's just see what happens. I mean, it was funny in, in New Zealand when I was there. Uh, because that's the longest i've ever spent in new zealand's beautiful but you know you can understand why there's a bunch of billionaires like building bunkers and shit like that all over there because it's perfectly temperate at the moment and uh you know there's lots of space there still um but the kiwis like there is a sense of like they know what's coming like they've got a sense that because people are buying up land there. Like there's there's a bunch of like the James Cameron's got a compound there and yeah, okay. I think Peter like Teal someone else might have. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of people are buying up land there and it's sort of and now. And guy. <laughs> what Which was one? Do you,
0: remember, do you remember the guy who was like the, his, his name's like Kim.com or something like that? Do you know who I'm talking about? No, Kim.com. I think, uh, Kim.com. Yeah, okay. I'm going to, oh, here we go. This will be fun. Did he change his name or was it just a coincidence? <laughs> his so- name is .com. <laughs> Kim.com. Did com. He invent oh, the internet? He, uh, born the same day as Rove. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but never had
1: a talk show,
0: so. Uh, his, his name is Kim.com. He was born at Kim Schmitz on the 21st of January, 1974. He's also known as Kimble and Kim Tim Jim Vesta. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> So, Kim Tim Jim Vesta or Kim.com is a German Finnish internet entrepreneur and political activist who resides in Glenorchy, New Zealand. Okay. He first rose to fame in Germany in the 1990s as an internet entrepreneur and was convicted on charges of computer fraud in 1994. Dotcom was residing, okay, Dotcom is the founder and former CEO of the now defunct file hosting service Mega Upload. The company was financially successful, but in 2012, the United States Department of Justice seized its website and pressed charges against .com, including criminal copyright infringement, money laundering,
1: racketeering, and wire fraud. Sorry, just because I can't see his surname written down in front of me, is it just like D-O-T-C-O-M? Yep, .com. Yep, Kim.com. Or Kim Tim Jim (laughs) (laughs) Vesta. That sounds like someone struggling to to make up a pseudonym on the spot. What's your name? Uh, Kim uh, Kim Tim Tim Jim Jim, Jim Vesta. <laughs> Going to uh, customs, Sweet.
0: Kim, Kim Tim Jim Kim Tim Jim Vesta was residing in New Zealand at the time, at the request of U.S. authorities. New Zealand police raided his home and arrested him. Um, okay, so da, 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 da. anyway, he lives in. Um, he lives in New Zealand and he bought a whole bunch of land in New Zealand as well with all his fortunes.
1: One thing that's interesting about New Zealand is, um, and this is something that people who follow me on Twitter might've seen. There's quite a a big debate about this. They use the term Aussie, not as an adjective, but as a noun. Yeah. Like, are you from Aussie? This is my friend from Aussie. And I hadn't realized I got over that. And, I put that out on Twitter and there was like furor, uh, Australians outraged. Reed Parker, our very own Reed Parker, was like, I've never heard that before and I'm a New Zealander. And then a couple of days later, it was like, my wife just told me that that's a very common thing. And I, I barely, I can't believe, like, I never knew that she was this kind of person. Weird, right? He's from Aussie. Uh,
0: well, not weird to me because I've been to New Zealand a heap and knew that that was the case. But yes, it He's is from weird. Aussie. <laughs> like, but yeah, regardless, the first time I heard it used in that way, I was like, oh, that's weird. I didn't know that you used it like that. So yeah, it's an abbreviation of Australia rather than abbreviation the way we use it, which is abbreviation of Australia. Like I am an Aussie. Yeah, right. Um, I'm an Aussie. Yeah, an adjective. Yeah. Um, but Although, then uh, the so- expression Aussie, 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 oi, 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 that we yell out at, at sporting events. Like, are we using Aussie in that sense? Because aren't we, As isn't that short for Australia, As- Australia, Australia, Australia? Australia,
1: Australia, Australia. Oi, oi, oi. So isn't no, it in our own well, chant? No, because I think it, you could also say it's short for Australian, 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 oi, 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 like Queenslander, 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 something like oh. that. Don't oh, you yeah, think? yeah, okay. Aussie, Aussie, yeah. Aussie. Australian, Australian, Australian. I mean, <laughs> no, but it would be weird to shout that out at a group of Australian cricketers. Right? Well I, I guess you people. are though. You're like mm, interesting. This is like- You're Australian, Australian, Australian. Oi, mm. oi, oi. Yeah, it doesn't quite work. <laughs> Australia, Australia, Australia. Yeah. I mean USA, USA, Australia, 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 Oi, Oi, Oi. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, they don't chant American. 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 <laughs> it's USA. American. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, it is weird, isn't it? It's like it's one of those things that I find it, like, fascinating just, like, those small things too. Like, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we, we've we spent a bit of time in America and, you know, Bumbag and Fanny Pack or, like, oh, Shades and Sunnies. That was always the one because I just yeah. – like, I mean, yeah, of course the, I'm familiar with like the future's so bright, i got to wear shades, the fact that the Americans say, but every time I would like be an American, I'd be so uh, I'm just going to grab my sunnies. People would laugh at me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, what's the, the, I can't remember if it's like a comedian or someone said the most Australian sentence you can say is, Chuck us my <laughs> <laughs> Like to a non-Australian, that is the most baffling what? Chuck, Chuck my us my sunnies. We're going to brekkie yeah <laughs> please pass me my sunglasses <laughs> we're going to breakfast um yeah it's someone over here I uh, I ordered a quinoa salad today and I said to the guy quinoa salad and he stared at me and he was qu- and he was like quina and I'm like what and he said quina quina and I said and I was about to correct him and I'm like then I'm like am I wrong? Have I got this back to brain it's definitely it's definitely quinoa it's not quina salad is it no, I mean it like
0: at one stage it was quinoa when nobody knew what it was and then we all <laughs> and then we all learned how to pronounce it quinoa So it's
1: definitely quinoa. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, believe so. Yeah. Yeah, so I got that right. I mean it, it's interesting being in like, – like obviously London is packed with Aussies so the accent is not as unusual. But I did have oh, a guy – You know the heck- one
0: – can I just say one, one more yeah. because this is one yeah, I absolutely. fucked up for the entire time I was in the US, which is – do you know that they don't call them sultanas? Have we spoken about this before? In the US they don't call sultanas sultanas?
1: What do they call them? Raisins. Cans. No, raisins. But we call yeah. them – hang on. Aren't raisins run- and sultanas two different – Well, in Australia they are.
0: In Australia we have raisins and sultanas,
1: but in America sultanas are raisins. Uh, And this is going to sound dumb, but (laughs) what is the difference between a sultana and a raisin? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) They're
0: both. What is the difference between a raisin and a sultana? Here we go. Uh, A raisin comes from red grapes, a sultana from white.
1: Ah. A raisin comes from red grapes, a sultana comes from white. Uh, a raisin
0: is a, a, any dried grape, so you can talk about all dried grapes as being raisins, okay. so, get, right, a, right, but right. a sultana is a specific variety of grape. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's like Esky. <laughs> when it really okay. Cool no, one.
0: hang on. Now I'm really having a whole bunch of different opinions on this. So. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go to another article because I feel like the, one, the first one I went to, there was too much debate. Raisins, sultanas, and currants are all popular types of dried fruits, um, uh, dried grapes. Okay, yep. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay. they are all different types of dried grapes. Basically, is the is the answer. Raisins are a type of grape that has been dried for around three weeks. Uh, sultanas are made from green seedless grapes, and currants
1: are tiny dried grapes. Right. I don't okay. think I've ever used a sultana or eaten as. Oh, maybe as a kid. Those little. You got those little boxes. of Boxes sultana. of sultanas. Raisins. Yeah, that was Sultana, Sultana brand. Is. Yeah, and Sultana, bran, yeah.
0: But I is think Sultana I brand. is Sultana brand called Raisin brand in America? Do they have?
1: It must be. Well, when I make my favourite cookie is an oat and raisin cookie. That's what I make at home for Iona. and I I I don't think I've ever veered off that. If, if I I don't know if a Sultana would taste any difference. <gasps> oh, I, Kellogg's Raisin brand. Fuck. You're right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> Oh man. Okay.
1: Hey, um, we've got a bit of mail to get through because we've been oh, I've been away for so long. So do you mind if we turn this into a little bit of like a letters episode just so we can dig through this backlog before it gets too it uh, gets too overwhelming? Um uh, this is from uh, uh Joe. Oh, if you want to contact us, you can. tofop.com. Uh you can also check out our other great podcast. Or Kim.com if you want to Get up, Kim. Or, ki- or, or Kim Jim Blim Blim Flim Flim, <laughs> Flim <laughs> Venison, or whatever his, his other name is. You know, when I
0: need my gardening done, I often ring Kim Tim Jim's Mowing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, if you want to send us a message, you go to tofop.com. There's a contact form there. You can check out other great podcasts. I would specifically plug Fofop um, if I knew when this is going to come out and what guests are going to be on, but but who knows? But There's Fofop been great coming
0: Fofops out. coming out. And, uh, look, a, a few weeks ago probably I did one with James Fosdyke. Uh, it was great to have Foz, uh back on, Tof- uh, on Fofop talking about a project that he has done with Auntie Donna um so i i would really recommend that uh people check that out and actually while we're plugging stuff my book which james did the uh front cover for it's fucking amazing so if you are overseas and you want to um uh, get the book booktopia is probably the best place or it's available in audiobook but order the actual book because james's cover is absolutely spectacular
1: yeah i uh, uh we should we also talk about i mean who knows what, what's happened by the time we're by the time this episode gets released, but um, the fact that five are touring—let's save that the-
0: for t- tomorrow. We'll save that for. Okay. let's let's yeah. have a proper well, th- conversation th- th- around week. that. Yeah, Yeah. when we speak tomorrow, or my today, your tomorrow.
1: Anyway, let's not get bogged down. I mean, can you believe? Like, I I literally, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna go to bed. I'm I'm doing a toe fop I'm gonna go to sleep. The first thing we're gonna do when I wake up is another toe No wonder I'm having fucking nightmares. Right?
0: (laughs) Exactly. And there's going to be a daylight say a time change in the middle of those two things happening.
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this came in from Joe. Who said, with all your discussions about time travel films, uh, you have, to my knowledge, overlooked my favorite and possibly the most pure time travel film. Do you know what he's talking about? It's an, I believe it's an 80s film um, directed by a a famous, um, he belonged to a famous comedy troupe. Oh,
0: famous um, comedy troupe. Oh, it's so, it uh, has it,
1: Terry Bandits. Time, time, yes, Terry time Bandits. Time Bandits. Uh, back when your show listed the top 25 time travel films, you mentioned the next one was a Terry Gilliam film, which I sure was a Time Bandits, but it was 12 Monkeys. So I urge you to watch Time Bandits if you have not. It's dated, but it's fun and creative. Um, I believe Taika Waititi is doing a TV series Based on time bandits. Not, it's
0: based still, on every bit yeah. of pre-existing. <laughs> like, I believe that Tiger Matini is doing a TV series or movie based
1: on everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen the Time Bandits? I don't think I have. I can't actually remember it. Uh, Joe says that it uh, has the best time travel device ever created. Which okay, uh, look, is should intriguing. we do this
0: as homework? Should we just like at some stage watch time bandits and we can Yeah.
1: Let's talk let's about add it. it to the forgotten project. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> It'll be yeah. the next thing we forget to do. Um I think it's hard to go past the DeLorean though, when you're talking about like the best time travel device ever, like You immediately go the DeLorean, right? What's the most iconic? Mm. Would you consider
0: consider Doctor Who's phone box to be a time travel? I mean, he travels through time he or she travels through they
1: travel through time in it. Dimensions, yeah. But it's a time travel device. yeah. Yeah. I would say it was probably second only to the DeLorean in terms of like well, there's probably HG Wells time machine would be in the top. Five and then what else? Would is there be? is hot-
0: Doctor Who's phone book, phone box, more a spaceship book. than at like a time travel? I mean, it is used for time travel, but would you say it's exclusively well, a time travel well, device? Or is it more
1: Doctor Who than mm-hmm. me? So tell me, like, how does it? What is its propulsion system? How does it move? Does it take off? Does it? M- morph through dimensions as it create portals? What's the deal?
0: I mean, yeah, all that stuff, I think.
1: Well, I watch it because I'm, I'm only familiar with old Doctor Who and mm. my memory, it was a very cheesy crossfade effect. It was there and then it just wasn't. Is that still what it does now?
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of, um, you know, it. Like, but you sometimes see it going through space, time like, choose. you know, like flying through space, but it certainly also then appears in different parts of time.
1: Whereas like the yeah. DeLorean was the, I mean- Are you like a, sure you're not thinking of Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted definitely, they their phone both goes, goes through time. He, or he, yeah, he, but it, it, Bill and
0: Ted's wasn't a spaceship. Like you wouldn't want to get in that phone uh, booth in Bill and Ted and like go from like Earth to the moon or whatever. That would not be a pleasant yeah. trip. Whereas like in the TARDIS, you could pop in the TARDIS, you could fly from, like if- if the doctor wanted to pop from, say, London to Australia, right? You, you know, the doctor wanted to come and do the podcast, wanted to pop
1: over. He could pop in the TARDIS and come over to Australia, whereas like- So so would it, but would it fly through the air to do that or would it, this is what I'm asking, is it morphing, like Bill and Ted, right? So they punch in a, a time and a date and it drops through the ground, like assuming it goes through some kind of time portal. Is the TARDIS like an a- a- amphibious type, you know, where it can travel across two, like dimensionally, but also through the air, through the air. Yeah, atmosphere. I think it has both. I think you can do
0: that thing right. where it can like, you know, sort of disappear. Is that an optional a- extra? Do you got to pay yeah. extra for that? It's like manual or automatic. Do you just want to, want to yeah. appear? Like do you just want to appear in the other place? Because it can do that. Or do you want to take the scenic route? Do you want to just like do a little cruise around, see some sights?
1: is on that, uh, we, we spent a week in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And for some reason in Europe- Visiting every... local like Nandos? Did you go to the original uh, yeah, Nandos? Oportos, <laughs> yeah, Oportos. <laughs> yeah, <Went and> nego- <laughs> negotiated a peace treaty between traditional rivals, Nandos and Oportos. Um, Every car in, in Europe, it seems to be like as a stick shift, which is fine. But when you are driving, when everything is on the opposite side and you're driving opposite side of the road, like it's a real, like it's good brain exercise because you, everything is, is back to front. And I was, so, like, the first couple of days, because Portugal, like a lot of Europeans, it has those narrow, like everything is just a fucking tiny labyrinth, you know, and you don't know where the fuck you're going. You're trying to turn the corners and change gears with your wrong hand all that kind of stuff. And I managed to do the whole trip without fucking up once. I got comprehensive car insurance, but I didn't scrape it, didn't bump it, you know, I didn't fuck up once. And then driving to the airport the day we're leaving, oh, no. I, I pull into the service station that's like a kilometre from the airport and as I'm driving in, I'm like, oh, what side, what side mm-hmm. is the, the petrol tank on? And so I'm looking at the dash for the arrow. And because I'm looking at it, I don't judge. And because I'm not used to having, you know, more on the right side of the car, I fucking, like, mount the Bowser. Oh. Boom, just, like, blow <sighs> the front fucking tire. Huge explosion oh, of, like, no. the front tire bursting. And, like, luckily didn't hit the actual Bowser itself. But the car, like, just goes, because the tires exploded. And it's like we have 15 minutes to get to the airport to check out bags in. It was like a scene from The Amazing Race. I'm, I've got a car full of luggage. i got a sleeping toddler because it's like fucking 6 in the morning. I get Gemma to get the baby out. I pull the luggage out. I pop the boot. I get the fucking spare tire out. I get the I jack the car out. I get the tire off. I do it all in 10 minutes. We make check-in on time. I couldn't fucking believe it. And I actually felt like Gemma didn't appreciate how amazing that was! Like that's I was like, like the
0: most amazing thing you've ever done. I appreciate yeah, it. I think so too. That's. I'm like, it was really masculine. <laughs> I, I would have been. I was like, we just got to abandon the car. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna, I would have chucked the keys to whoever was nearby and gone. This is your problem now. I got the full insurance. I'm just going to say
1: someone stole the car and just walked to the airport yeah, Jemma, here's a cyanide bill. We have to take it. Uh, yeah, I was, I was so impressed with myself and I was like, surely that's got to turn you on. Like what I just did then. Like I just fucking got it. And I did and I did it in like record time and I have not changed the tire in over a decade, I reckon, but I just was like, Oh yeah, this is how you do it and managed to get the car delivered, signed off on whatever paperwork I had to do. And then back into check-in on time. And it was like, It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. But yeah, anyway, underappreciated. I mean, not by me, and not by
0: our audience. I imagine. I think that that is possibly the most manly thing you've ever done. (laughs) I don't know if Gemma was turned on, but I got to be honest, I'm slightly turned on. And you're lucky I'm not kaiju size because that would be an awkward thing to be looking at.
1: Uh, Okay, this is from Nathan. Hey guys, just wanted to let you know that I went on your. Oh, okay, so. I wanted to read this out because this is a two-parter. This, this first part will probably get your hackles up. Hey guys, I just want to let you know that I went on your YouTube and I clicked the most popular video and it was a Lessons for Life video with 4,000 views. Just letting you know, I have a video called Eating Like Joey Diaz for a Day on my channel, Nathan Miller, with 25,000 views and it has way more views than your top video. Keep in mind that Willie Anderson is one of the most famous comedians in Australia and can't even walk around without being recognized. And Charlie was on one of of Australia's uh, top shows and I still have more views than you and I'm a complete unknown. (laughs) <laughs> so, I was like, "All right, uh, what the fuck was that?" So, I mean, I, uh, the, by the uh, way, it doesn't
0: get my hackles up because I am aware of how the internet works. There are seven-year-old kids on TikTok who have like two hundred thousand views of, of toys. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like there was a dude on YouTube who was a kid who opened a box of toys who made fifty million dollars a year. I get that, like YouTube and online is not my
1: not my specialist area. So I was like, why the fuck did he send this in? And then a few hours later, follow-up email, hey, Tofop, I was pretty wasted last night, and I sent you an email about how my Eating Like Joey Diaz Day for a Day video has way more views than you on YouTube. In hindsight, that was probably a bit mean. I'm sorry about that. I love your show. <laughs> it's all right, Nathan. We've all drunk emailed our favorite podcast and made fun of the voice before. Also, the uh, other thing
0: is, mate, to be honest, like if we were worried about numbers of things, we still would not be doing this podcast. Because <laughs> like, if we look around at other podcasts and how much better
1: they do than us, that would put us <laughs> off immediately. Uh, this is from Matt. It's quite a long one, so I'm just going to cut to the question bit. Um, the point in my email. After I was introduced to Two Guys, One Cup, I found Tofop on my own and started listening from episode one. I didn't have any warnings about starting late, but I enjoyed it right from the start with the knowledge that you have both grown. I'm nearly caught up now, probably about as many but far behind as you guys are with the emails <laughs> about six to eight weeks, which is 100% <laughs> correct, Matt. That's exactly how far behind we are. Um, I've just listened to the five episodes and I heard something that I had to respond to. You're talking about going to see Jay in Wales, hashtag is JOK, okay, and you talked about uh, Just before, and he's my favorite author. And I had to rewind the episode where you mentioned him to make sure I heard it right. The Thursday Next series is about a time traveling literary detective who has the ability to jump into books and interact with the characters within. It's set in an alternate timeline where most cheese is illegal, book forgeries are the most heinous of crimes, uh, croquet is the natural sport of England, and there's a big mega corporation in charge of the whole country. The big over easy, which you mentioned uh, in one of your episodes, is part of the nursery crime series in Bookwell. So that's the one about where he investigates Humpty Dumpty's uh, apparent suicide. Um, uh, Cheers for all the laughs and the lengthy email. P.S. Clawson does not rhyme with awesome. Uh, P.P. P.S. I did not proofread this email and I didn't mean to be it for so long as I read it on my phone and the webpage is hard to review. I hope it is mistake-free. Um, Well, you know what? We didn't read the whole thing, so I don't know if it's mistake-free, but it doesn't matter because I probably would have read it and made a mistake anyway. Um, Okay. This is uh, from Cameron on the subject of Top Gun. Uh, Hey, guys, I recently have debunked your whole theory about it being weird for a son to copy his dad's complete persona. You only have to look at Robert Irwin.
0: Oh, no, no, no. That's that's Weird. weird. (laughs) <laughs> that's
1: the opposite of what you're saying <laughs> it is i mean that is that, that, that um, i mean there's part of me that's like i get it like australia zoo is probably like it makes a lot of money and you got to kind of like you know maintain but it is strange right like it unnerves me as much as rooster unnerves me
0: <laughs> right no no it's yeah it's that's I'm not saying it would here, be it? like
1: if hmm. Julian Lennon started like wearing little round glasses and had lines and, and dated like a Japanese experimental artist and started talking like this, you know, like that. That's as weird as it would be. I,
0: I think that the yeah, I mean, I don't think that you can look at the Irwins and use them as your ex- like. I mean, like they seem like lovely people, genuinely. Like they like hmm. in any experience that I've had with them, they genuinely seem like very nice people, and they you know, very much care about like, you know, nature and animals and all those sort of things. And I'm not here to diss the Irwins, but it's weird. Like their dad was weird (laughs) and like them dressing like him and acting like him is also weird in the same way as like Rooster doing it in Top Gun is also weird. But also it would be like as if – like, what the problem – like, the extinction well, is – Can I just say – How often the, the, does Bob the, go out to, like, you know, st- like, with Stingrace? That's the – because that's where yeah. it gets into the and
1: – And the other thing is, like, Steve Irwin wore a uniform. So, his son's wearing a uniform. So, that's less weird. Rooster specifically wears his dad's casual clothes. That's weird. Yeah.
0: That's, that is the difference too. You're right. Because there's nothing weird about uh, Rooster wearing his flight uniform – Which is the exact one that his dad wore? Neither of us would have been have had a problem that if in their (laughs) casual clothes they, we don't know what Bob what do what are Bob Irwin's casual clothes? I'm gonna hang on. I'm gonna Google Bob Bob Irwin casual clothes. All right. Ah, no, Bob. I've I've I'm like I'm getting pictures of Bob Irwin here, and he's like rocking some double denim like a model. Like really? Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, I yeah, think, for a photo shoot. But, like, oh. <laughs> still, like, I mean, it is. Um, we well, you
1: never it? saw Steve Irwin out of uniform, right? He was always the Steve Irwin character. He was Steve the crocodile. Steve casual clothes. <laughs> 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 uh, mm.
0: No, like, I, I, I literally, there's pictures of him here. Oh, great. The first one that comes up uh, is he's meeting Will Smith um, What at some events. This is just the first right. thing that comes up is so Will Smith is wearing like, you know, you usual Will Smith sort of garb, which is like, you know, a pair of yellow pants and a yellow jacket that matches with a white t-shirt underneath, you know, that you can imagine
1: that yeah. sort of early nine, early yeah, 2000s, hip hop style, style,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rock and big Willie style. And Steve Irwin is wearing his Australia Zoo outfit. Um, there are no pictures that are available of Steve Irwin in anything other than his Australia Zoo outfit. Nothing.
1: That's amazing. Do you think he always wore it?
0: I mean, literally, I can't find a picture of Steve I- Irwin not in not in khaki.
1: Maybe we should offer a reward. I mean, not you can't enter if you're an Irwin, but if someone can find a picture of Steve, oh, Mike, you've got something to say. Check the chat. Here we go. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> 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 but look, Bob Irwin is still wearing the, the Australian's uniform. Why don't we just finish up with one bit of mail and then um, I can go to bed dreaming of TOEFOP and get up to do this all over again. Uh, It's from Adrian. Uh, Hey, guys, I have a disability and whenever I have a bad flare-up, I dive back into your back catalogue to help pass the hours. I found myself back at episode 296 where you discuss juggalos and juggalettes for a bit. From my understanding, juggalos are juggalos, but some juggalos are juggalettes, But not all juggalettes are women and not all women who are juggalos consider themselves juggalettes. Okay. So do you get that? So it's not like um, actor and actress. There are. yeah, Juggalette is a subset of juggalo.
0: Like raisins and sultanas. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, yeah. So like juggalette isn't just a female juggalo is what we're saying, Right.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, so he said, "My source is my best mate, who is a trans uh, transgender queer juggalo." But we're in Australia, so who knows if this actually applies in real life in America at the gathering of the juggalos? But I figure an unreliable source of weird info like this fits well enough to the TOEFOP universe, regardless of its real accuracy. So, I but I think that would that makes sense to me, right? That you can be a juggalette. It's just like a subset of, of juggaloism. Because they're all about family, right, the juggalos. It's like, you know, we're all – everyone's welcome here. It's like a big big tent of acceptance. Yeah.
0: I mean, that is – like, I mean, you know,
1: the idea that the juggalo community
0: accepts, like, non-binary norms better than the um, Hogwarts (laughs) society.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, that is the other thing I've noticed about being over in UK and Europe is, like – they have franchised the shit out of Harry Potter. Like Edinburgh, which is the perfect city admittedly to kind of license a bunch of Harry Potter stuff. Every second store, there's, it's like Starbucks. Every second store is a fucking world-visiting Harry Potter official merchandise store. It's like that fucking shit is making so much. She's making so much money. you think she'd have better stuff to do with her time. <laughs>
0: yeah it's interesting how some people just can't get off the internet Elon Musk (laughs) (laughs) if I had that Uh. much money that's the thing that I always come back to it's just like if I had that much money I wouldn't be on Twitter let alone
1: buying Twitter like I'd just be like I've got better shit to do with my day but the thing about the Elon Musk thing and I was thinking about it actually writing back here because as we're recording this he's he's two or three days into owning Mm. Twitter and so, by the time, like, time people he, hear this, it might have all, it might not be really Twitter crashed. <laughs> yeah. But has he, has he literally bought it just to, so people will think he's funny? Because he's tweeting these horrible, like he's been doing it for a while. There's just terrible gags, just unfunny. And it's, Nong was laughing and it was like, was he angry and bitter? And it's like, well, if you're not going to laugh on this platform, I'm going to buy the platform, and only people who laugh at my jokes are going to are going to stay on this platform because that's what it feels like. I mean, it feels like like Marty Pupkin from like The King of Comedy. It's like it just yes. I'm going to kidnap Jerry Lewis and I think- force him to endure my stand up.
0: I think there is like an element of that and obviously there's the broader element of like stock market manipulation that I think he's actually going to use it for. But um, but I do think that, yeah, some of it is honestly that I also, also think that everyone around him tells him he's funny. Like I don't think that he knows he's not funny and he's bought this thing to like, you know, convince people that he is funny. Like that thing where he took the sink, Did you see that where he walked into Twitter on the first day and he was carrying a sink and he was like, and he tweeted something like, let it sink in or whatever. I'm buying Twitter. Like, or I'm getting rid of everyone, but the kitchen sink. Like, not only is that a bad joke. Like if someone said, hey, should I do this joke? I'd be like, nah. Like, and then he had to get someone to get him a sink and he had to carry a sink in. Like to go to all that effort. Like, firstly, I would say this, Elon. Prop comedy is the lowest form of comedy. <laughs> so, if your joke doesn't work without the prop, then
1: it's probably not a good joke. This is the last thing he tweeted that, is, that he's tweeted today. Finally, the truth that carbs are amazing and can be finally, the, finally, the truth that carbs are amazing can be said on this platform. Hashtag free speech. Like, oh, what man. the fuck is going on? You've got, is like not, all them.
0: you've got most of the money funny. in the world. Is there not other things you could be doing with your
1: time? It's so bad. And, it, like, I mean, of course, there's, you know, the horrible racism and alt-right stuff is well oh. to deal with. But but the real offensive thing is bad comedy. Is the comedy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. No, I'm Will Anderson. <laughs> This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to toefop.com for more. Cool things for cool people.